Lord, I'm so thankful, Father, for the way that you speak to me. I'm thankful that you are drawing me close to you. I'm thankful for the boldness that you're giving me and for your that you're giving these women. Thank you for the word that you've given me tonight, Lord. I pray that I can be a mouthpiece for you, Lord, and that it goes forth into fertile ground and that the women's uh, hearts are open to receive what you have for them, Lord. And I just pray that this uh, this blesses every person that is under the sound of my voice. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, Amanda. All right, guys. All right. So this is what, what was going on today. Um, I was, of course, I'm in the mindset of getting ready for conference next week. So I've been doing a, a lot of reading, a lot of praying, and just um, really kind of trying to be in tune with what the Father has. And um, I've been reading, of course, in Genesis. I say, of course, I'm reading back in Genesis. I've started back over um, at the beginning of the year. And I was listening to a commentary today. And the commentary is what stuck out to me. So I'm going to take you all the way back to Genesis. I'm going to be in chapter 24. I'm going to give you a little backstory. You know, I like to teach a little bit. And then I'm going to give you the revelation that the Lord gave me. Hi, Miss Dawn. Um, hi, hi, Mima. <laughs> all right. I'm going to give you uh, the, the revelation that the Lord gave me today through this commentary. I missed a little chair. I need to stop doing that. All right. In chapter 24 of Genesis, we meet up with Abraham's son, or Abraham and Abraham's son, Isaac. And Abraham is an old man now, it tells us. Isaac is now at the age where he is ready to be married. And so what Abraham does is he takes his um, head servant of his family, his name is Eleazar. He takes him and he says, okay, I need you to go back to the land of my family because Remember, God had taken um, Abraham and he said, you go. You are not to stay in this land anymore. You've got to go. So they are away from the land um, that they grew up in. And he tells Eleazar, he says, I need you to go back to where we came from. And I need you to find a wife for my son Isaac. So Eleazar is like, um, okay. Basically, like, why do I have to go all the way back over there? And so, anyways, Abraham says, just do it. I need you to go pick a good person, go back to my land, my family, uh, and, and to my family, and take a wife for my son. And I need you to promise me that you're going to do it. So, Eliezer says, yes, I will promise. But what if the woman doesn't follow me? And he says, if, he doesn't, if she doesn't follow you back home, then you're free of, from this mission. Okay? But I'm sending you out on a mission need you to do this for me for my son Isaac and bring a wife back that is from um, from our 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 land from where we came from um, now in the commentary it was discussed why did Isaac not just go with him to find his own wife and Abraham was afraid that Isaac would get there and then would settle back to where they came from and if we know anything, we know that when God moves us, He moves us for a reason, and He does not want us to go backwards. So God had commanded that Abraham leave the land, go to a new place, and He did not want to take the um, the opportunity to to allow Isaac to to go back to where they came from. Does that make sense? So He sends His servant to um, to their land. Now He has with Him it's Himself, and He brings with Him ten of Abraham's camels, and I imagine they were packed down with things. He was traveling for quite a ways. Um, so 
as he gets to the town, um, he went to Aram Naharam, and I know I'm saying that incorrectly. Um, the land of Nahor is where it came, is where he was going to. And he says, it says this in scripture, it says, at the evening time when the women went out to draw the water, um, this is where Eleazar came and he made his camels kind of kneel beside, um, outside of the town. And he says, Lord, all right, this is, this is Eleazar praying. He said, Lord, you're the God of my master Abraham. I need you to make this happen for me today. He says, I need you to show kindness to my master Abraham. I'm standing here at the spring where the daughters of the men of the town are coming out to draw water. Let the girl to whom I say, please lower your water jug so that I may drink. And he responds, drink and I'll water your camels. Also, let her be the one you have appointed to your servant, Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So let me break that down a little bit. Um, Eleazar is like, okay, I'm going to make this request of God. And it's kind of a big request. So when we're just reading that in passing, we don't really think much of it. But in the commentary, it pointed out that to feed, I mean, to water the camels is a very big task. Um, we know that camels are very large. They can drink upwards of 30 to 50 gallons of water at a time. So if he has 10, then let's just say he, uh, you know, that they each need 10 gallons and their, her drug is a gallon, okay? So she, whoever this is, he is saying, God, I need you to bring me someone that is willing to go down to the well, down into the cistern approximately 100 times to feed, um, I keep saying feed, to water my camels. So get this, says the ne next scripture says, before he had finished speaking, there was Rebecca, the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor, kin to Abraham. And she came with a jug on her shoulder and she tells him, um, I will go down and I will give you a drink and I will water your camels. And this blew Eleazar's mind. He's like, for real? Really, God, before I could even get the words out of my mouth, you're bringing me the woman who could potentially be my master's son's wife? Like, really? And he, he I can, you can tell in scripture that he's like, really? Because it says that, she, that he sat there and he watched her and made sure that she finished um, watering the camels. So let me explain again how big of a deal watering the camels is. Um, in the Middle East, they have wells or cisterns. You have to go down several steps. You have to carry a jug. You have to go, you have to kneel down, you get the water, you bring it back, you go back up to, the, to where the people are, you pour the water in the trough, and you have to do this several different times over and over again in order to water these camels. And he, she, or he had 10 of them with him. Okay. And so whenever he, whenever Eleazar sees this, he's like, okay, this is it. So let me, let me kind of break the next part down. She, uh, she replied, drink my Lord. I will water your camels. She quickly emptied her jug into the trough and hurried to the well again to draw water. And she drew water for all the camels while the man silently watched her to see whether or not the Lord had made his journey a success. Of course, as the camels finished, he was like, okay, this is the one I'm going to offer gold to you. I'm going to offer you some jewelry. And I want to take you back to my 
master's son to be his wife. And so she brings him back to her family and her family is equally as hospitable. So let me go talk a little bit about being hospitable. In the Middle East, especially back in that time, um, and even now, honestly, to be hospitable is like, it is a big deal to that culture. It is a super big, big deal to be hospitable. So if we um, went over today, you know, we, we have a really bad stereotype of people in the Middle East because of the wars and that sort of thing. Um, but in reality, they are so hospitable. And so um, from what I've learned is that if you were to walk into their town, they would gather you and they would get all their food and they would make sure and feed you. And don't you dare try to offer a penny for it because that is extremely rude. They are a people of hospitality. And this co comes because they are of the bloodline of Abraham, whom God blessed in all things. Okay, so they are are blessed. Therefore, they are learn have learned to be a blessing. Okay, so what Eliezer is seeing, and what I want you to see, is that Rebecca was part of Abraham's bloodline, and. There is something very different about this group of people, which is why Abraham wanted him to go back and get someone from their bloodline. Whenever they are under the blessing of Abraham. And so when we are under the blessing of Abraham, which means that we have come into Christ, our spiritual DNA changes. So just like Rebecca was a different breed she was hospitable I mean someone who would go that big of an extra mile for a complete stranger Eliezer knew that she was worth something she was worth her weight in gold and it was because she was from the bloodline of Abraham it was because she was God's people we are God's people I need you to get the connection here okay we are we have a different spiritual DNA when we, be, we come into to Christ. We are a cut above the rest whenever we come into Christ Jesus. And here's the deal. God makes us um, desirable to the non-believer. Whenever we come into Christ and we are grafted into his DNA, it, you know we're transformed. If you're a believer, then you know that you're transformed by the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. It is a transformation in our spiritual DNA, and that makes us desirable to the people around us. That makes us desirable to the non-believer. Have you ever had someone come up and say, there's just something different about you? No lie. I sat down one time to get my hair cut, who is now my, my hairdresser, and she said, you are, how did she say it? You, um, I forgot exactly how she said it now, but basically you're a believer just like me. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I can see on you. I said, yes. And it's because whenever we are transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ, it transforms our DNA and we are now desirable to the lost. We look different. We act different. We speak different. And that was where Rebecca was. She was different. She was bred different. She was grown different. She was grown into to be this hospitable person, this person that was had grace and um, who was willing to do to go the extra mile in order to serve other people. She was a servant just like Abraham. Okay. Um, one of the other biggest things that that I wanted to point out 
and this isn't in this part of scripture, but one of the things that God is working on me about, when we are transformed by his blood and our spiritual DNA is transformed, we, um, we become desirable to the non-believer, we become hospitable, and we become unoffendable. I am so easily offended at times, and, and once we pay attention to that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I am so offended all the time. But I wrote that in my notes because God is working on me on being unoffendable. So think about that over the weekend, trying to be unoffendable. It's really difficult, but God calls us to be unoffendable. Um, and so here's what the, the point I want to make. Yes, we are of a different breed. Once we are transformed by his relation, by our relationship with Christ, we are a different um, spiritual DNA. We are transformed. Our character, our very characteristics are transformed, which makes us desirable. Now I'm going to relate this to being a mama for those of us that are mothers on Fight Like a Mom Friday. This spiritual DNA, when we are transformed, passes on to our children and our lineage, just like our genetic DNA. Glory. Hallelujah. So what we, whenever we are, uh, chains are of bondage are broken off of us. It is passed on to our genetic DNA, to our spiritual DNA, to our children. Whenever oppression is broken off of us, it is passed on to our children. They never have to go through that again. Whenever, um, bonds of uh, mental health issues are broken off of us that is passed on to our our lineage our children our children see us as hospitable our children see us as desirable our children see us as unoffendable our children see us differently and then therefore they are transformed through us and and how god has transformed us and i just want to think that eventually someone's going to come to my family and they're gonna say, oh, you have two daughters and two sons. And my prayer is that whatever family, whatever, whoever God sends to be in-laws to my family, my prayer is that they look at Team Gidry and they say, oh, they are different. They are desirable. They are hospitable. They have a servant's heart. I want my sons to serve their wives. I want my daughters to serve their husbands. I want it to come just so freely um, and so, so supernaturally. I want other people to see Team, I always call ourselves Team Gidry. Team Gidry has, man, there is something different about them. And that way we can say, oh, it is, it is the transformation, transforming power of Jesus Christ. There is nothing else. And it's because we are grafted into the blessing of Abraham. We are grafted into that bloodline. And it is in our spiritual DNA. When we come into Christ, we are able to grab that and be, yes, we're completely transformed. But our spiritual DNA is completely transformed. And it, is, it goes through our bloodline. And we will look different. We will talk different. We will be different. Our children our grandchildren, and all those who are far off will be transformed by the blood of Jesus coming over our lives. That's what I got today. That's what I got today. I know that's, um, I hope that, I always say that, I hope it makes sense. It's going to make sense because it, I know God gave me a revelation today. Um, yeah, I did get it through a commentary, and, and it, I was like, I was sitting in my car when I heard it, and I thought, 
Yeah, because we, we are God's people and God's people are different. We're different. So I do want to uh, touch one more time on being unoffendable. That is something that God is working on me with. And you may be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really that offended uh, over things. And just go tomorrow. Just go tomorrow. And all day tomorrow, count how many times that you become easily offended. And then I'm not talking about big offenses. I'm just talking about like, I can't believe my kid did, that, did me that way. Or I can't believe that guy cut me off in traffic. Uh, anything like that. You, know, you will be very amazed at how offended we are. But I'm trying to live a life less offended, like God calls us to. All right, ladies, I love you so much. This is a great end to a phenomenal week. Man, God is moving. He is giving revelation. He is putting words in our hearts and our spirits. And I know for me, whatever happened this week, He has given me a boldness this week to speak His word. And I'm so thankful because it's something I have prayed about and desired. And so, um, if you are if you're ready for that, you just pray, Lord, I'm ready for a boldness. I'm ready to be able to speak your word and you speak it through me. And guess what? People aren't going to be offended like we think they're going to be when it comes from him. I'm amazed at what he's doing. So feel free to pray that prayer. Um, I'm going to close this out in prayer and then I'm going to do an announcement real quick and then we'll go from there. So, um, Lord, again, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for your power. I thank you that you answer our prayers. Um, a simple prayer Lord, I want to be bold for you, but I need to bind the, the spirit of the fear of man. Thank you for bonding that spirit off of me. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you so that I can walk in your purpose and your calling. And I love the transformation that you're giving me and that you're giving my family and that you're giving these women. Father, I'm thankful for your glory. I'm thankful for your presence that is manifest so strong, especially this week. I'm thankful for the revival that is moving through. I'm thankful for the conference that you put together and you have ordained so beautifully, Lord. We cannot have orchestrated every detail like you. And so we thank you, God, for vision. We thank you for provision. We thank you, God, for all, all the things, everything. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you for such a power, powerful week of fight time words. Um, and I, I pray, Lord, I pray that these words of the women um, you have given them, Lord, I pray that they go afar off. I pray that they touch every single corner of the world through our podcast and YouTube and this platform, Lord. You have given us a platform and we want to use it for your glory. We thank you for your transformation power in Jesus' name. All right. Next week, I know we say it a lot. Next week is our fight time conference um, it was birthed out of this group it is a vision that the lord gave us and he i promise you he is orchestrating every single detail so if you have already registered what i'm going to ask you to do is if you can please go and share our registration post that's in this group um, share it on your page you can copy and paste it um, use your own words or use that the words that we've done share it on your page and please share it once a day until next Friday. That is what I'm asking you. Very nicely. You can share it. And here's why I want you to share it. Because there is someone out there on your news feed, on your Facebook feed, who needs this conference. And they don't know about it. And so whenever you share it, we are praying that that announcement, that that, that, um, that, that post goes wherever it needs to go. And what we're praying for, and you can pray this when you post it, Lord, 
let this reach whoever it is that you need it to reach and allow them to ask questions if they need to ask questions. Open any door that needs to be open so that they can make it to Five Time Conference because ladies, I'm here to tell you, miracles, signs, and wonders are gonna be manifest. Um, they're already manifest, let me just say that. They are already manifest. And so I know that God's glory is gonna show up so powerfully on Friday night. Um, so if you can get to Rusk, Texas, get to Rusk, Texas. It is a free conference. Um, you can register at www.ccoet.org slash fight time, and I'll type that in the comments. Um, but please share that post for us and, and get it out to anyone that you can think about or think of. We will um, honor other churches that are there, other pastors. Um, and so it is It is somewhere where where uh, it's a definitely a safe place where other groups can come so if you have a women's ministry and you want to get um, your ladies together and road trip to Russ, texas please do that we cannot wait to see you um, if you have any questions about that please reach out to any of us the admins here on the five time team and we will take care of you we are so excited so so excited um, if you are local and, and you don't have a church home we'd love for you to join us at covenant church in Russ, texas we have service starting at 9.45 on Sunday, 6.45 on Wednesday, and it is power-packed. So, I love you so much, ladies. I adore you. I am thankful, thankful, thankful that you join us so faithfully and that you listen to what the Lord has to say through us. And I'm, I'm here to speak on behalf of everyone that is on this page. We are so humbled by you. We are so humbled um, that the Lord would use us. We're so humbled that the Lord will use us and he gets all the glory for what he's done in this group. Yes, there are multiple hotels within 15 minutes of Rusk. If you need um, need a place to stay, let us know. We can help you get, um, get that taken care of. All right, ladies. Love you so much. I pray that you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy it with your families and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.